This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. Illinois' assault weapons ban adds a new chapter to the saga. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The U.S. Supreme Court has blocked a temporary halt on the Protect Illinois Communities Act until it reaches a federal appeals court. The law was enacted in response to last summer's mass shooting in Highland Park and has been hotly contested ever since. Now, to get the latest from Springfield, we are talking to WBEZ Statehouse reporter Mawa Iqbal. Mawa, let's start by making this clear. What's the current state of the assault weapons ban? Can you legally buy an assault rifle in Illinois today? So, no. Currently, the ban is still in effect for now, so you can't legally purchase a semi-automatic firearm, nor can a firearms dealer legally sell them. So remind us what is included in that assault weapons ban. Yeah, so basically it just bans the future sale and possession of these types of firearms. Um, So that includes, you know, like your AR-15s, your AK-47s. If you're a current owner, so like if you already had one before the law was enacted, you have to register them with the Illinois State Police by January 1st of 2024. And if you, you know, get approved, you can only carry on private property, um, your own private property, someone else's gun stores, gun ranges, and if you're traveling in between these places, um, military personnel and law enforcement are exempt from this law. Uh, It also caps the purchase of large capacity magazines at 10 rounds for long guns, 15 for handguns, and it makes rapid fire devices known as switches, which are essentially um, devices that turn regular firearms into fully automatic ones illegal. All right, so let's walk through this here because there was the initial ban then a block of the ban, then there was an appeal, then somehow we ended up at the Supreme Court. So just walk us through how we got to this point. Yeah, so I like to look at it. There's basically two legal challenges happening in two federal courts in Illinois. So one is in the Northern District Court in Chicago, and the other is in the Southern District in East St. Louis. And so in the Southern District, basically, you know, a bunch of gun rights advocates and even some state lawmakers, uh, you know, filed a lawsuit arguing that, you know, this ban violates our Second Amendment rights to bear arms. And so what they were requesting, though, was what's called a preliminary injunction, which basically just means it's a temporary blocking of the ban while the judge considers this larger question of, you know, constitutionality and violating the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. So obviously that will take time. So they were hoping for some temporary relief from um, the ban being enforced against them. And so that district judge, uh, Judge Stephen McGlynn, actually granted them the preliminary injunction um, at the end of April, so so end of last month. 
And um, so, so it really was, I mean, like it, it was enforced statewide. So it meant that anyone in Illinois could, you know, purchase a semi-automatic firearm. Dealers can sell them again. It was basically as if the law had never been enacted. I see. But um, the attorney, yeah, so the attorney general's office, though, they filed an appeal of that decision with the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, and they granted that appeal. So basically, after six days, the ban came back into effect. And so it was no longer um, uh, legal to purchase these types of weapons again. So that was happening there. Um, in the Northern District, there was a separate lawsuit filed. Same thing, pretty much, you know, this violates my Second Amendment rights to bear arms and self-defense. Um, and, and the plaintiff in that one, that, that was a, a Naperville gun shop owner named Robert Bevis, uh, he requested a similar injunctive relief. Um, that justice, though, in Chicago denied that request, and so he took that request up to the Seventh Circuit Court, the same one that the Attorney General um, had you know, appealed to. They denied that request, and then he was like, okay, the next step up from here, which is the highest step, mm-hmm. is the U.S. Supreme Court. I see. And as we know the Supreme Court denied that request as well. Did the high court give details on, on its process in making that decision? No, they they just said that they denied the request. But we do know that, you know, Justice Amy Coney Barrett was assigned to the case since she gets all the Midwestern cases. Um, and, but then she referred it to the whole court. So, so we know that the whole court um, decided on it, but yeah. that's about it. What is the significance, Mawa, of having the U.S. Supreme Court weigh in on a state law? How does this look yeah. to the rest of the country? I mean, so I was talking to the Brady Center to Prevent Gun Violence, uh, which is a, a nonprofit out of D.C., um, a couple weeks ago about this. And they said that this is a very big, very important case. And, and usually, like, the Supreme Court will only take up very big, very important cases. I mean, like, Illinois is only, like, a handful, one of a handful of states to pass restrictions on assault weapons. You know, like, in California, New York have similar restrictions that they've enacted. But even with California, which I believe was the first state to enact um, a ban on assault weapons mm-hmm. in 1989, they've been in the courts litigating this since then. So so for the past, you know, 30 years. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it does say something, you know, as far as like how prevalent mass shootings are and how common these types of firearms are used in these mass shootings. I mean, I, I was just looking at... Um, the gun violence archives uh, data, and, and they found that there have been more than 200 mass shootings in the U.S. so far in just in 2023. And, mm. and you know, there, there hasn't even been 200 days. That's in the just year yet. wild to, to wrap your wrap your head around for sure. Uh, the governor signed the Protect Illinois Communities Act into law in January, as I mentioned. This is what he had to say in response to the Supreme Court's decision. He said, quote, the gun lobby has insisted on every legal maneuver to block this law, refusing to acknowledge that lives will be saved by this important piece of legislation. Despite these challenges, I remain confident that the assault weapons ban will be upheld and will create a safer Illinois for our residents. Mawa, we've seen, as we've said, gun store owners file lawsuits and and, uh, go to other districts to to judges who are perceived as even more conservative what is their response to the Supreme Court's decision? Um, from the judges or the gun store owners? Or? Yes, I imagine they're not happy. Yeah, <laughs> so so they. Uh, I was talking to the attorney, um, actually for the Naperville gun shop owner Robert Bevis, uh, yesterday, and he said that you know he's not surprised. Um, there's not much to say. What was was what he said specifically, and you know that they're just trying to recalibrate and, and figure out next steps. 
Um, but but he said that he still felt pretty confident, right? Like he said that even though this is a setback, um, he felt that if the high court were to take up the whole case, so, so not just the injunctive relief mm-hmm. portion of it, but like the whole constitutional question, that they would rule in their favor and in, in the gun rights favor because of how they've ruled um, – in, in this one decision last summer that, that basically it's, it's known as the Bruin decision and, and essentially the Supreme Court expanded gun rights. And so a lot of gun rights advocates are, are looking to that decision as like a positive or like a, a, a optimistic, you know, sort of point of, oh, the Supreme Court's on our side. I see. And you, you mentioned there that they're just looking ahead at next steps. Do you think this decision will have an impact on their efforts as the appeals process plays out? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, so, so as far as like next step goes, um, the, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, which, you know, um, had struck down the, the two requests or yeah, so, so basically ha- has so far been ruling um, in favor of the defendants. They're actually consolidating the two federal cases out of the northern and southern districts and will hear oral arguments on June 29th. So it'll be interesting to see how they decide. But but if it's anything like how they've been deciding you know, it, they, it looks, it, it seems like they would decide um, yeah. in favor of the defendants, yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about the latest on the Illinois assault weapons ban. The U.S. Supreme Court has rejected an emergency request from gun advocates to block the ban as it goes through the appeals process. We're talking with WBEZ State House reporter Mawa Iqbal. And now I want to bring in another voice to the conversation. Ashby Beasley was at the shooting in Highland Park last 4th of July. She's also a gun reform advocate. Joining us now on the line from Washington, D.C. Welcome back, Ashby. Hi, thank you for having me. Your reaction to the Supreme Court's decision? You know, every single day that the ban is in place, lives are being saved because people can't ban assault weapons. So I am very happy to see that it the ban is being upheld for now. And you're in D.C., as I mentioned. You're meeting with legislators about gun reform. Um, I also hear that you just left a, a press conference with Senator Raphael Warnock of, of Georgia. What conservations are you having? Uh, conversations, rather. I mean, we are just adamant about the um, the fact that Congress needs to act. They need to act now. They need to act before the next mass shooting um, to save lives and that there is no other option but to push for an accountability vote for the federal assault weapon ban so we can see who is with us and who isn't with us. Mm-hmm. What do you think the legal battle over Illinois' assault weapons ban says about where this country is when it comes to gun reform. There's been a lot of back and forth about this. Yes, and I think I think even the Supreme Court doesn't want to wade into it yet. I think that it has become such a polarizing subject that even they are looking at the moment to just, you know, take, I think everyone is trying to take it all in. Yeah, and Ashby, this isn't your first time uh, heading over to the, the nation's capital to deal with this issue. What keeps you going back? I mean, we're having good conversations. Um, Last week I was here as well. Um, Senator uh, Warnock actually asked for a special special, um, caucus meeting, Democratic caucus lunch, to discuss gun violence and gun violence solutions. And, you know, this was a very important conversation with the entire Democratic caucus that was focused solely on gun violence prevention and solutions. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was an incredible first step. Um, the consensus was that something needs to be done and it needs to be done now. And there was a lot of support for a federal assault weapon ban. 
And I think that, you know, we we're with our senators. We are we're behind them. The American people are behind them and they're listening to us and they're hearing us. And we are seeing these conversations happening. And today's press conference was um, called again by um, Senator Warnock in an effort to keep this conversation going, because we're not just going to have, you know, one big meeting and then move on. No, we're going to keep the conversation going. We're going to keep talking about gun violence and what it's doing to our country and push to make sure that we are protecting American lives. Mawa, what's next when it comes to the Protect Illinois Communities Act? Yeah, so like I mentioned, um, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals is going to be hearing um, oral arguments on June 29th, which I think will be quite interesting, you know, like I mentioned, given how they've uh, acted sort of in favor of the defendants when it comes to um, blocking the injunctive reliefs and, and temporary blockings of the ban. Yeah. Um, but also, there there has been some state lawsuits that have been filed, and actually the, this earlier this week we had um, the Illinois Supreme Court heard um, a lawsuit, uh, oral arguments in, in a lawsuit that basically challenged the Illinois state constitution mm-hmm. so, so, or, or said that the ban um, violated the Illinois state constitution. So we can expect that decision. Actually, I'm not, I'm not sure. They, they said that that's hard to really nail down a timeline, but mm. that's something to definitely keep an eye out for. For sure. Ashby, b- before we go, of course, we are approaching that anniversary of the, the Highland Park mass shooting. I'm curious what is on your mind as we get closer to that date. Um, I mean, I think about I think about all the time about, you know, how we're just we're one week away from the you know anniversary of Vivaldi. Then we'll be rolling into Highland Park. And why is an action been taken? Why are is our government still not made change? And we are still, you know, um, allowing weapons of war to be purchased, sometimes without a background check. And, you know, I'm just hoping that this changes very soon. That's gun reform advocate Ashby Beasley and WBEZ State House reporter Mawa Iqbal. Thank you both. This episode of Reset was produced by Michael Liptrot and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather and Stephanie Kim. Get the latest on big stories like this by subscribing to our podcast and newsletter. You can find us wherever you get podcasts and you can sign up at wbez.org slash Reset News to get Reset in your inbox every morning. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.